Hello, and welcome to the Movies Past and Present Podcast. It's April 4th, 2019, and this is episode 17. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the Crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just like my blog, MoviesPastAndPresent.com, I'll be providing recommendations, commentary, and reviews about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's get started. New in theaters this week are three major releases. First one is called The Best of Enemies. This is a historical drama from STX Entertainment. It's directed by Robin Bissell, and it stars Taraji B. Henson and Sam Rockwell. Based on a true story, The Best of Enemies centers on an unlikely relationship between a woman played by Taraji P. Henson, who is an outspoken civil rights activist, and a character played by Sam Rockwell, who is the local Ku Klux Klan leader. So this is set in North Carolina in 1971. And uh, based on, again, based on true events, these, th- these two people uh, are asked to co-chair a community summit that is battling uh, desegregation. And so... Uh, during this racially charged summer, uh, these incredible events that unfold uh, change uh, the city and change the lives of these people forever. So uh, this looks pretty. This looks like a very good, good drama. Again, terrific actors involved with Taraji P Henson and Sam Rockwell, and it looks like a very compelling film to me. I'm looking forward to seeing it. The Best of Enemies is rated PG-13 by the Motion Picture Association of America for thematic material, racial epithets, some violence, and a suggestive reference. Next up is a remake of Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. This is a horror film from Paramount Pictures. It is uh, based on the 1983 novel from Stephen King. And... Uh, I know that people who like Stephen King novels, I think this is this is one that's that's quite popular. Uh, you know how I feel about horror films, and I feel the same way about horror novels. I, <laughs> it's a pass for me. But this film was adapted in 1989. Excuse me, this novel was adapted into a 1989 film, and then this film that's being released uh, this Friday is a second film adaptation. So. Uh, it's got the tagline, sometimes dead is better. Uh, if you're familiar with the story, and I, you know, I guess a bit of a spoiler alert, but if things get buried in this particular pet cemetery, uh, they come back to life. So, and not necessarily back to the state they were before they died. So, uh, I'll just read, I'll just read the synopsis here. Based on the seminal horror novel by Stephen King, Pet Cemetery follows Dr. Lewis Creed, who in this particular film is played by Jason Clark, who after relocating with his family from Boston to rural Maine, uh, they discover a burial ground hidden deep in the woods near the family's new home. When tragedy strikes, uh, Dr. Creed turns to his unusual neighbor, Judd Crandall, who in this film is played by John Lithgow, uh, setting off a perilous chain reaction that unleashes an unfathomable evil with horrific consequences. 
Pet uh, Cemetery is rated R by the Motion Picture Association of America for horror violence, bloody images, and some language. Uh, again, this is a pass for me, so you're going to have to let me know how this remake of Pet Cemetery is. And then, uh, finally, uh, this week is a comic book movie from Warner Brothers and DC Comics. It's a film adaptation of Shazam. Uh, this is directed by David F. Sandberg, and uh, it is a, uh, they're touting it as a family-friendly comedy, and uh, I've seen Shazam, and so I will be reviewing it here momentarily on this podcast. Uh, but Shazam stars Zachary Levi as the title character, uh, but, you know, Shazam doesn't, it's actually, he's a teenage boy. Who gets in? Who gets uh, endowed with these powers? And when he says the word Shazam, he turns into the superhero. So uh, again, more details to come up. But Shazam is rated PG thirteen by the Motion Picture Association of America for intense sequences of action, language, and suggestive material. All right. So three films new in theaters this week: The Best of Enemies, Pet Cemetery, and Shazam. Two films I'm going to review this week on the podcast. First up is a movie that opened last week. It is uh, Walt Disney Studios' remake of Dumbo. And this this remake, as in most you know these remakes that, that Disney's doing now, uh, have a combination of live action or you know actual actors, as well as uh, a very f- photorealistic uh, computer generated. Uh, component, uh, whether that be you know characters or, or backgrounds or, or, or whatnot. So, so um, when people call these the live action remakes, I personally just like to call them the live action photorealistic CGI <laughs> remakes. Maybe I should make that into an acronym or something. But uh, this film merges the familiar narrative of the 1941 animated classic Dumbo with a brand new story, and Again, a lot of these you know, Dumbo and Mrs. Jumbo remain constant in 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 the film, and they're kind of plight to be together. But but a lot of other stuff gets added. This film was directed by Tim Burton, and you know Tim Burton has a very distinctive visual style that he likes to employ in his films, and I think that's one of the strengths of this film is that it looks great. It. Uh, this it's set in the United States in the year 1919. Uh, this circus troupe, the film starts out in Florida. That's where we meet. It's the Medici Brothers Circus. That's what they've named it. And uh, I just I love I just love the aesthetic. I thought that they turned this this circus uh, theme into something that was quite romanticized and, and, and fun rather than dark or scary or, or weird. So, and then, you know, there's a sideshow element to this circus, but, you know, you can tell it's, it's fakey and it's, and it's, and it's fun. And, uh, it's not like it's really this whole misfits concept either. It's just, these are just performers that are, 
that are working and they're part of this circus, traveling circus family. Uh, of course, they travel on Casey Jr., the train. They travel around the country and set up their, set up the big circus tent, you know, to have these, these, these circus shows. Um, but uh, basically what, what this is, is the, the Dumbo story is the first part of the film, the Dumbo story that we're familiar with. But it's been integrated with a lot of these different characters from the circus. Uh, these, you know, you know, these humans, <laughs> the live action component. And then, uh, it has, a the, the, the second, I guess that's more like the first act, the first third of the film is the, is the original Dumbo. And then the next two thirds really take the story into, uh, into a different direction or just, or just kind of create a brand new adventure, uh, for, for, uh, our our favorite flying pachyderm. So the uh, the 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 main characters that have been added are are this the circus. So the men the Medici brothers circus. As it's Max Medici, who's played by Danny DeVito. He's the ringmaster, and even though it's the Medici brothers, really is just Max. <laughs> and we never meet the other brother. It looks like they just show a picture of him, and I think it's. It's just a kind of a little altered uh, image of Max. I think as an homage, you know, to the Ringley Brothers. Uh, then the uh, uh, the main character of the film is a guy named Holt, who is played by uh, Colin Farrell. And Holt is the father of two children. Millie and Joe are their, are their names. And... Uh, Holt has been off in world fighting in World War One, so again, you know, this movie is set in 1919, so it's just the, at the end of of uh, World War One, and Holt rejoins the circus uh, without an arm. He he loses he's he's lost his left arm in the war, so the uh, the CGI wizards at Disney have have removed his arm. <laughs> In every every one of the, the shots that he's in, and then uh, sadly also he's he's lost his wife, and so these the, the two kids have had to uh, be cared for by the circus family, and now that he now he's reunited, they're they're reunited with their dad, um, but you know he's 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 a kind of a broken man because of uh, his injury as well as you know before the war. He and his wife had a successful circus act with horses, and then uh, his wife, you know, sadly, his wife died, and they uh, sold off the horses too. So uh, Max puts puts Holt and his two children in charge of the elephants, since the horses are gone, and the uh, one of the elephants is 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 a new one. It's and her name is Mrs. Jumbo. So of course, you know, we, we're familiar with Mrs. Jumbo, and Mrs. Jumbo is pregnant, and so. Uh, she has baby Dumbo, and we kind of know then what happens there. Dumbo gets made fun of. Mrs. Jumbo, uh, you know, becomes the protective mama, and and gets and gets locked up. And, and in this case, she gets sold. And and so, basically, you know, the film is just Dumbo wanting to reunite with his mom, uh, and then uh, these kids help him to learn how to fly. So Timothy Mouse really isn't playing a role in this film. Uh, but these little kids help Dumbo learn how to fly. And Dumbo then becomes a big part of the Medici Brothers Circus 
being able to fly. And this is all again in the first third of the movie. Uh, and the Medici Brothers Circus just becomes wildly successful because of because of Dumbo. This then puts them on the radar of a big circus magnet uh, named V.A. Vandeveer, who is really just kind of, a, you know, your traditional evil businessman, played by uh, Michael Keaton. And uh, he owns this destination circus attraction and amusement park called Dreamland. And uh, Dream... So Michael Keaton's character buys out the uh, Medici Brothers Circus and all their performers, but, you know, of course, the main thing he wants is Dumbo. And uh, they get to Dreamland, and uh, at Dreamland we meet a character named Colette, who's played by Eva Green, who is an aerial artist. And the idea then is to have have her and uh, perform with Dumbo. She actually learns how to ride Dumbo, and they um, uh, fly within uh within the big top and again it's 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 a part of the spectacle but as we mentioned mrs jumbo she's been sold to dreamland they figure it out and really this so these this two-thirds part of the film which which take place in dreamland uh become a big animal rights story and as well as, you know, Dumbo wanting to reunite with his mom, but it, it just takes it on a very different kind of uh, turn. Again, more for modern audiences or our modern sensibility, uh, given how, you know, people view circuses this, these days, etc. But, um, you know, I would argue that it's, it's not necessarily Dumbo. It's more of a kind of a Dumbo, a new Dumbo adventure, uh, it really reminded me, I just kept thinking of, of the 1993 film Free Willy. And I don't know if you remember that. There's, you know, the big, it's on the film's poster and on the big climactic scene where the kid is helping, helping Willy, the killer whale, jump out of his enclosure, you know, and over the, uh, over the barrier and into the ocean. And uh, I think this movie should be called Free Dumbo. And... <laughs> That's <laughs> just kind of where it, where it went. It's not a bad film. It's not a you know it's not a great film. Uh, you know it, it could have been a lot worse. Again, charming to look at and some nice things, but again, not not really a film that we needed. And and uh, and you know, sure it stars Dumbo, but it's 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 not really Dumbo. It's kind of a whole it's whole it's whole own thing. Uh, I've got a review of it also on my blog if you want to check it out. Um, and that is uh, Dumbo. Uh, next next film I want to review is uh, Shazam. This is the this is the latest superhero film from Warner Brothers and from DC Comics. Now you know DC Comics has been in a bit of a Glenn Warner Brothers, they've been in a bit of a catch-up mode uh, for the wild success of, of what Marvel Studios has had with, with, with their films. Uh, I think Marvel's just has, has just had a more focused, disciplined approach. And uh, plus, the, just the movies have been better. 
just, you know, in my opinion. Uh, this film is more of a family-friendly film they're touting. It, uh, although it's rated PG-13, and it definitely earns its PG-13 rating, it, uh, it has some fun, some, it's, it's, it's played up much of it for comedy. Now, if you're not familiar with Shazam, now, I, re I remember Shazam as a kid. It used to, it ran, it ran from 1974 to 1976 on CBS Saturday morning. That's when I, I remember watching it, and it was a live-action television program. And I'm going to put a link to uh, the beginning of, of, of Shazam on, on, in the podcast notes, so maybe it'll trigger your memory if, if you see it, too. But it, uh, uh, you know, it's about a teenage boy who gets endowed with these powers that if he says the word Shazam, he, he turns from a teenage boy into this superhero that can fly and can have some gnarly control of electricity and he's bulletproof and uh he can do some other he can do some other things so uh this this film version is a is an origin story you know the quote-unquote origin story that where we where we learn about shazam and how he's gonna fit in now with with into this dc comics universe um this this boy's name is billy batson and he's played uh, as a you know as a young teenager by Asher Angel, and he's and I think that that, that he does a really nice job. Um, the kid is troubled. He's streetwise, but he's he's been in foster care. Um, he he uh, was was abandoned by his mother at an early age, and so he's really just been wanting to find his mother. He's convinced that his mother's still alive, and that she's going to want to be with him you know that she's just this was this was just kind of an accident so it's caused him to go bounce from foster home to foster home and he uh ends up in this one particular foster home with uh that has like five other kids in it and really you know loving parents but uh he he befriends a kid who's who's uh handicapped uh named Freddie, who's played by Jack Dylan Grazer. And so, so Billy and, and Freddie, you know, they, 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 they become, they become buddies. And, uh, Freddie in a way is kind of like, you know, like his, his sidekick, but he's really more just like kind of a superhero fanboy. But, but, uh, Billy, Billy becomes Shazam. And then the two of them, both Billy and Freddie, they have to figure out, what his powers are and how this whole thing works in a lot of ways. And I've heard other people talk about this too. It kind of plays like big, uh, you know, if you remember the movie big with Tom Hanks in it, but, um, so when, when Billy turns into Shazam, Shazam is played by the actor, Zachary Levi. And, uh, he does a great job. It's almost like he's channeling his inner Tom Hanks <laughs> where he, he can play a teenager in an adult body and not only an adult body, but a body that's really able to do some, some pretty amazing, you know, superhero type, type, uh, feats. So, uh, then we've got though, some, some the big villain, some major force and big forces and forces of evil. Uh, Mark strong plays, uh, the villain, Dr. Thaddeus Silvana. And, uh, 
Dr. Silvana has really got a, a bone to pick with, with Shazam. This one I won't give away. I'll let you <laughs> discover it if you go see the movie. But, but, uh, Mark Strong is a good actor and, you know, and, and he plays a good, and he plays a good villain. So, so Shazam has to, Billy Batson slash Shazam has to figure out, number one, what he's about, if he's just going to kind of be a silly teenager, or if he's, or when he's faced with this really formidable villain, you know, what's he going to do? Is he going to, uh, you know, be a hero or, or, uh, or just kind of be selfish and silly. So, you know, that, that part's pretty cool. I think where maybe it's not that great for me and why they're touting it as being all family friendly. Uh, I mean, the villain is, is, is pretty dark. He's got his, his, uh, his minions are pretty grotesque looking and they're also really, really violent. So it's a bit jarring going from kind of that, you know, the happy go lucky fun, funny, uh, part of it. And then when the villain shows up, uh, I think it, it probably is going to be pretty scary, particularly for younger children. So, uh, so again, just be sensitive to that PG-13 rating because I think it's pretty accurate. Um, as I mentioned earlier, it's rated PG-13 by the Motion Picture Association of America for intense sequences of action, language, and suggestive material. So, uh, you know, I thought Shazam was was fun. Uh, it's got those end credit scenes. I felt like they were, you know, again, just copying Marvel. So, again... Really enjoyable, and I know I'm a little biased, but uh, I still feel like DC's catching up. This is this is this is a nice a nice piece of work uh, overall, and I think audiences are going to go crazy for it. But I still just feel like Marvel's uh, you know Mar Marvel's got the edge, and we'll just see how this. <laughs> this plays how this plays out so anyway that's uh dumbo and shazam well thanks so much for listening Again, links and more information about all the movies discussed in today's podcast can be found in the podcast notes on my blog at moviespastandpresent.com. As always, I hope you'll enjoy some good movies this week, whether they be past or present ones. Thanks again.